Unfortunately, there are so many cases out there that are still unsolved. These are mothers, fathers, brothers, sisters, grandparents, kids that are missing. And we all should feel connected because it can happen to you, it can happen to me. We need the Black and Missing Foundation because without them, we wouldn't have anybody. When we had no other options, Black and Missing said, there are more options, just hold on, we're gonna find them. And they did. The Black and Missing Foundation is a voice for us. And without that voice, we'll be forgotten. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes, but let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app and answer a few questions. With Angie, you can book instantly at an upfront price or request and compare quotes from multiple pros so you can find the best price for your project. So the next time you have a home project, just Angie that and start getting the most out of your home. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com podcast and use code WONDERY to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. It's a hole in the community. A hole Henderson Long, family members, police, and neighbors are looking to fill by continuing to search for Relisha Rudd. Relisha Rudd was adorable. I mean, Relisha Rudd was the kind of child that walked into the room, liked the whole room up. Relisha was last seen on March 1st in 2014 with Khalil Tatum, who was a 51-year-old janitor at the D.C. General Family Shelter where Relisha and her family lived. 
Surveillance video captured the moments Relisha and Tatum were last seen walking the halls of the shelter at the Holiday Inn Express in Northeast. It wasn't until 18 days later that Relisha's school reported her missing after being absent for so many days. News of Relisha's disappearance was sent out on March 20th that year, saying she was missing and that she was probably with Tatum. Between March the 1st and March 18th, no Amber Alert was sounded for Relisha Rudd. No kind of national alert went out for her. It was a lot of unaccounted for time within those 18 days. And you know, 18 days is a long time for a child to be unaccounted for. Hello and welcome to Real Crime Profile. I'm Lisa Zambetti, casting director for CBS's Criminal Minds. And with me today is... Laura Richards, criminal behavioral analyst, former New Scotland Yard and host of the podcast Crime Analyst. I'm Jim Clementi, retired FBI profiler, former New York City prosecutor, writer, producer of CBS's Criminal Minds. And today we're going to continue our coverage of the HBO Max series Black and Missing, executive produced by Soledad O'Brien, who we've had as our guest on this podcast talking about her experiences with this particular docuseries and with the organization, the real life organization, Black and Missing. So, Laura, why don't we jump right back into the next case? Yeah. So the next one that we hear about is Tamika Houston, who was last seen in May 2004. And again, we hear a little bit about her backstory and the fact that she lived alone and then she just disappeared. It's actually the person who we hear from a lot is called Rebecca Houston, and she is her aunt. But actually, she says she was much more like a sister to her. And she really is an incredible advocate isn't she, for Tamika. And she is also a publicist. Now, that background, I think, again, is really interesting, the fact that she understands how to use the media and how to tell stories. And she basically says she wasn't going to leave the case alone until it featured on the news. And she really forced the media coverage. And kudos to her. You know, I, I think she says if she couldn't be the one to get media coverage on her own family member's case, then what was she doing? So she starts putting flyers together. Tamika's car is found and a set of keys are found in it. And those keys then lead to, well, it was to an apartment block where the car was found. And these keys do fit one of the apartments, but nothing is found in that apartment. So they kind of hit a, a brick wall at, at that stage. But again, someone thinks about, well, who's the person that she was dating? And the person that she was dating was somebody called Chris Hampton. And he was in prison at the time for a violation. So that comes out on camera. My first question was, a violation for what? Was this another domestic violence related case? Was it a restraining order, or a breach of a protective order or something like that? But I don't believe they said, did they, in, in the docuseries? But that was a question I had. Yeah, I don't I don't believe they did. So, but we know he's a bad guy. He's in prison for something. And he is then arrested upon his release, and blood is found in his apartment. And I think the next part is very interesting where we see and hear him being interviewed. Oh, yeah. Because it didn't really take much, did it, to get him to confess to the fact there was an argument? No, and he he right? he he walked it through like it was no big deal. That's what I got from that videotape. He's like, "Yeah, I did this. I hit her over the head with that with the iron, you know, yeah. like like you do." I mean, what the fuck? I, I I mean, I thought that was 
just incredibly cold. I don't know what you make of that as behavioral analysts, but. And he left her to die. That was the thing. Yeah. What did he say? He went out with his friends. And thought she'd be gone. He hoped she'd be gone when he got back. But no, because she was dead. Yeah. He was still there. Or or dying when he left. And and she just died alone. It's just a terribly tragic thing for her and a horrific thing that he did to her. So, yeah, it did show you the callousness and, the you know, it's sort of uh, what we expect from psychopaths and, you know, the, their lack of actual empathy and emotion for other people. This is somebody he supposedly loved and this is how he treats her and then totally disregards her. So it's really a very telling confession because he's revealing a lot more uh, than he actually knows he's revealing by actually showing his just nonchalant disdain for her as a human being. Yeah, the callous disregard, absolutely. And he actually acted out what he did and just to be so blasé about it. So uh, that's exactly what I wrote down, how horrific. And I I also wrote next to it, any other victims, question mark? You know, somebody who displays this behavior, clearly a serial perpetrator, you would want to ask more questions about him and how awful for the family. And, you know, the family said we knew she just didn't go and just disappear herself. There was evidence in her apartment. She was coming back. There were checks that she had. She had plans. So, again, just when people go missing, you should be looking at baseline behavior. And also, were there plans made? You know, was this somebody who was living life and looking forward to future things and then they just disappear and who's the partner or the ex-partner in the picture again it's not rocket science is it and I just felt very sad hearing uh, his account of what he did and just his complete disregard for her and obviously you've got a family who are absolutely devastated so the same patterns the same lessons that we're learning and some of these things are blinding glimpses of the obvious as i call them the bgos for for learning and for red flags and warning signs yeah definitely if there is a propensity to treat his partner like this i think you're absolutely right laura to ask whether there were other victims and i think the fact that he's in jail probably tells us there were Absolutely. We all have to up our game when anyone uses a power and control dynamic or has callous disregard for women or for human life Full stop. So yes, another terrible case, but fortunately she had a her aunt advocating for her and somebody who really cared for her and wanted to get to the bottom of what went on. And we don't see that in every case. Now, I think next in the docuseries is the case of Akia Eggleston. Mm-hmm. And again, this case just really chimed with me. Perhaps it's because I've recently given birth, but you know, I say it's Akia Eggleston, but it's actually two people who are missing because she was eight months pregnant. So she was almost full term. So that's another human being. And she was 22 years of age, four foot eight and 145 pounds. And why I make that point is because she was tiny. She was really small and she was also on bed rest when she goes missing. She was meant to turn up at her baby shower. Now, she had made plans um, for the baby shower to have her hair done. She had picked out the clothes that she was going to wear and her three-year-old daughter. So she had another child. 
And she had her cesarean section planned not long after that. So it's very clear that she was future planning. She was excited about this baby. She was on bed rest. She had paid money for the baby shower, quite a bit of money. Mm -hmm. So she was excited for the future and she didn't turn up to the baby shower. And that is just absolutely horrific. Her friends were absolutely shocked that she didn't appear because she had been so excited about it. And they decide to go round to her apartment. And what I actually subsequently found out, because I did do a little bit of digging on this case, was that when they went round to the apartment, yes, we understand from the docuseries it was in disarray, but the crib was also missing. So the baby's crib was missing, which is very interesting. And they later found out, the, the family and friends, that three days before the baby shower, she'd been into a bank and she had actually withdrawn about 870 odd dollars. Now, a friend took her to that bank because she couldn't drive and she withdrew that money. And I know that the police did interview some of the people who saw her and apparently she was acting normally in terms of taking that money out. But she had told her friend that she had planned to move into a new apartment with the baby's father And that was what that money was for. And then she disappears. And they found her debit card, presumably, that she had used for that withdrawal in the bushes. I mean, her family found it. The police didn't even find it, but her family found it. Huh, I didn't know that detail, Laura. That's crazy. Yeah, so the debit card is found, or the credit card, I should say, by Sean Wilkinson, who's her stepfather. So that tells us that there probably wasn't a very thorough search. Mm -hmm. We also found out in this case there wasn't much knowledge. There was no house-to-house in the local area. A lot of the locals said, well, we didn't even know she was missing. And I think, Lisa, this is where you had name-checked Derricka going into the police station and going to front counter and saying very calmly, have you let people know about um, Akia? that she's a missing person. Have you put these posters out? Can you put these posters out? And local patrol officers didn't know anything about the case, which is unforgivable, really, because the local community should all have known because someone may have seen something that they didn't realize was relevant at the time. Right. How do you put together? Right. How do you put together the the timetable? How do you put together the window of opportunity? If you don't ask everybody around her, you know, you do concentric circle neighborhood canvas, and everybody should be asked what they were doing on that night. The next night, you do it at the same time as she was last seen or when she didn't show up for that event. And then you do it on anniversaries and the first week, the same Tuesday that she went missing because certain people might only be driving on Tuesday nights past that part. But you do this. This is these are basic investigative steps that should be taken. And another issue is that there was apparently some statement by the boyfriend that he didn't want a kid. And then she goes missing on the day of her baby shower and she's never heard of again. Yeah, big question, Mark. Do you ever feel like you're settling? For your foundation, that is. Maybelline's new Instant Age Rewind Eraser Foundation doesn't settle into fine lines and wrinkles. With SPF 20 and moisturizing pro-vitamin B5, this foundation not only provides medium coverage and a natural finish, but also protects and nourishes your skin. And the best part? The blurring sponge tip applicator makes application a breeze. Say goodbye to cakey, uneven foundation 
and hello to a flawless, radiant complexion. Try our new foundation today and see the difference for yourself at amazon.com slash instant eraser foundation. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Well, actually, on the Facebook page, and I, I jumped on there and started looking at who was saying what. And now it has become known that the, the father of the baby was actually the, one of the stepfather's friends. And he has made a comment about it, Sean Wilkinson, about what's this grown ass man doing with this 20, you know, with my 22 year old daughter? Mm-hmm. He knew nothing about it. Now, again, that's a huge question mark. There are various comments which allude to the fact the police have spoken with that individual, but the fact that the crib was missing, the fact that she thought she was moving in with him, but he has conversely said that he didn't want the baby. Well, we've got some narratives here that don't match up. And she was 22. She was very tiny and on bed rest because the baby was breech. So she was vulnerable in every way. And I I want to make that point because when you are, you know, about to drop and particularly if there are complications, you are vulnerable. You can't move as quickly. If you're on bed rest, you know, you're dependent on other people. Her daughter was with being looked after by friends, but she was still excited for life. She was still, you know, wanted to do this baby shower. She was under the impression that she and this guy were moving in together. She was living, she had a housemate. I wasn't sure about that actually from the docu-series, but there was another person, a single mum that she was living with um, because obviously they were trying to make ends meet as well. But clearly there was some narrative about her moving in with this guy that turned out not to be true. So huge red flags for me there. And I always say you look closer to home with these cases, first of all, before you start thinking that there's some unknown individual um, who's coming into a home address, um, particularly with someone who is so heavily pregnant. What do you think about um, what the police said, Jim and Laura, about, well, she's a grown woman. She has a right to go where she pleases. And them just really not being interested in her at all until her C-section appointment comes and goes. That's the only time they you know, start taking it seriously. Well, it's ridiculous. And this is the problem with the term missing that we were speaking about before. That they literally have a lackadaisical attitude towards it because of that. She isn't missing. She was taken. She isn't trying to go somewhere. She can't just go anywhere she pleases because she's very pregnant and she's under doctor's care. I mean, why would she even for half a day disappear herself on her own? It just makes no sense. But they didn't even see the logic in that. And she had no plan to disappear herself. Everything showed that she had things that she was looking forward to. And the other point, everything I described about the pregnancy makes her high risk. She was high risk in terms of being pregnant, breach, 
But the fact that she's on bed rest, everything was about her vulnerability and risk. And the other point was, and why it's important, the work that I do and Jim does, we talk about baseline behavior. She was always on social media. In fact, Sean Wilkinson called her a social media monster, as a lot of you know young people are on social media all the time. So the fact that nothing was posted, that again tells us that probably something terrible has happened. She wasn't looking to just disappear herself. She was actually looking to create new life, not just with her baby, but to move in with this guy. So these are all red flags. And that's why you must ask questions when someone is reported missing about their situation and about what's happening for them. And then they would have known that she didn't just disappear. Someone disappeared her. Terrible, really terrible case. I just find it very hard, you know, thinking about that with an eight-month-old baby as well, because it is the two of them. And my mind was going last night about, well, what if she had the baby? What if someone then took the baby from her and maybe the baby was trafficked or you start to think about all these other potential alternatives that may have happened? It's just horrible. So, yes, that's why it's really important that when it's reported, that the police do the basics well. Right. And the door knocks. Laura, you, you just reminded me of something. And, and we unfortunately have several cases when I was in the BAU where women who were very pregnant were actually abducted just so that somebody could abduct their child. And uh, we call them cesarean abductions, basically where they've literally killed the mother, um, either deliberately or not deliberately, but cut the baby out. And I know it's horrible, and I guess I should have given you a trigger warning or something. But the fact is, that in and of itself should have been a huge red flag for law enforcement. What if it was a case of maternal desire and somebody wanted her baby, so they took her out? What if? You wouldn't even know because you didn't treat it like an investigation right from the first second it should have been. And so it's just, again, it's another learning opportunity. Absolutely. And if someone knows something, anything, no matter how small, then please go on the Facebook page. Sean is active on there and so are other family members. So it's still a live and open investigation. And that's important to say too. That's what the police have said. So please do ensure that you go on the Black and Missing Foundation on their social media, but also on Akia Eccleston's Facebook page that her family have set up. We wanted to turn to this next case, and it's uh, in this series. It's like Akia Eggleston. This child is missing. She's still out there somewhere. I believe that. And this is the case of Relisha Rudd. She was eight years old. Living in D.C., she was in a homeless shelter with her mom, Shamika, and her stepfather, Antonio, and her three young brothers. And late in February 2014, she went missing. And the only people who noticed that she was missing was the school because they kept calling and trying to find out why was she absent, where is she? And they kept being told that she's sick. She's got excused absences and she's being treated by a Dr. Tatum. And after weeks, after three weeks of calling and trying to find out what is what's happened to Relisha, finally, the social worker at the school actually goes in person to the shelter to get some kind of documentation to excuse her absences. 
you know, they ask about a Dr. Tatum and to the shock of the social worker, there is no Dr. Tatum, but the janitor at the shelter is named Khalil Tatum. And it all just comes out that she. That he was defrauding the child welfare system, telling people he was a doctor in her and caring for her. And in fact, what was he doing? Well, nobody really knows what he was doing, but he sure was ingratiating himself to her family. And he was many, grooming and he to many grooming. of the families there, you know, plying a lot of the kids, especially the female kids with toys and and with Relisha taking her to Disney on ice and grooming the family and grooming her to the point where Shamika, her mother, felt comfortable letting him take her home with him to he had a wife. And so she would have overnights there and spend more and more time there. Now, I'm not here to pass judgment on a mother who is in a cycle of poverty, who has severe addictions, who has severe mental illness and is unhoused. But it is incredibly difficult for me to understand why she would lie to the school continually and say that her daughter, you know, was ill and and under the care of a doctor. I mean, if she thinks that her daughter is staying with the Tatums, you know, that's one thing. But why wouldn't she question why they weren't bringing her to school? And it wasn't just Shamika, the grandmother. Many of the family members were telling the school that Relisha was was ill and under the care of this doctor. So it's just such a mind boggling case, how, how this could happen. This child was failed by so many layers of care. It's just terrible. It is. And I think, I think when, when they did actually show snippets and interviews of the mother, I think she was way in overhead. She probably was getting benefits from him that the other kids they all needed and therefore you know food and money and and help with the shelter and mm-hmm. and so it was easier for her to just look the other way yeah and he bent all to- kinds of rules for them at the shelter and and I like you said you know got them extra food got them this and that and um but he was grooming her yeah, absolutely he's grooming the child he was grooming the the mother and he was grooming the rest of the people at the shelter and luckily this caseworker went in there in person and found out that that he was not not a doctor and he was you know up to no good with this little girl and it's it is terrible for her and you know the mother really didn't want to lose her other kids. And she thought if she reported it, that she would lose her other kids. And in fact, that's exactly what happened. They ended up taking her other kids away from her. And, and that was, it's it's just, instead of giving her the services she needs. Yeah. I mean, I'm conflicted about this uh, as a mom myself. I mean, she was reported three times to child and family services I think that they really dropped the ball and didn't give them the in-home serve, you know, in-home care that this family needed. And also it was the social worker who reported her missing. I mean, the family did not report this child missing. And of course, then it comes to find out that the police actually have surveillance video of Tatum taking Relisha into a hotel room. And, you know, the story gets crazier where then his wife is found murdered and shot to death and then he 
takes his own life and nobody can find Relisha. Nobody knows what he did with her. If he gave her to someone and sold her into sex trafficking or what happened to her, it's just, it's well, just crazy. She just slipped through everybody's fingers. Right. Well, you know, it is possible, but I doubt that. I think he was a preferential child sex offender. I think he was doing everything he could to get access to Relisha and he accomplished his goal and his wife probably got in the way of that. And that's why he killed her. And then when he saw law enforcement coming to get him, he killed himself. It's a very, very tragic thing for Relisha and for his wife, but it's just a cowardly and horrendously criminal thing that he did. And yeah. I'm not, we're not going to go into details speculating about what happened to Relisha. But the fact is that it's just it's so unfortunate that because her mother was worried about getting enough for her kids, she didn't say anything about what he was saying and doing with respect to Relisha. And as you said, she fell through the cracks in the most horrible way. Well, the mom was also worried that she would lose the other children. And I, I think that fear culture also prevents people from speaking out, mm-hmm. that she would be seen as neglectful. We also have to bear in mind that he wasn't meant to be amongst children. So he has a history, clearly. It's not clear what that was, but the fact that he's not meant to be around children tells us it's he's most likely a registered sex offender. Correct. So the oh, yeah. grooming... element should never be underestimated i have to say that image lisa of him with with her in that hotel hallway it is really haunting and that stayed with me that image because that grown-ass man had no business being with that little girl and then they go into the room don't they and god only knows what happened to her in that room but You know, the fact that he is married, again, sometimes people think, well, because someone's married, they're They're not creepy. Yeah, Yeah, or they're safe. And they're absolutely not. A lot of sex offenders hide in plain sight and they may well be married. And there's nothing that a sex offender won't do. That's what I've learned across my career of just how manipulative they are and the ruses and the lengths that they go to to be able to groom and hide in plain sight should never be underestimated. So a lot of it talks to how manipulative he was, but the fact that people didn't ask questions when they should have, not just the social worker, but there were a lot of people who really should have asked questions and and carried on asking questions about where this little girl was. Yeah, and... The one thing I will say about the media, in this case, the media did really step up. I mean, once she was reported missing, of course, it was this shocking thing and and the shelter employees, you know, were coming forward and talking about how he had been so inappropriate with so many of the other kids. But the Washington Post has just doggedly pursued this case and tried year after year after year to keep the story in the media to to hopefully if she's still out there to see who might have her and really get to the bottom of of what her movements were from late February to when he ended his life in late March. There's a timeline. I mean, working it back from where that that picture, that image was taken of her in the Mm -hmm. hotel hallway. And that's when 
the question should have been asked about who saw what from there. And obviously he takes his own life, but at what stage? I, I'm not clear on the timeline. It's not clear from the programme. And I know that there's lots of information out there, but obviously he spent a lot of time grooming lots of people. Lots of people knew something, but what was the trigger for him to end his own life? Because again, that seems to be something that would be of significance. So there are lots of clear points that you could look to in terms of an investigation to to try and locate her. Whether she's alive or not, of course, is a big question. And there's age progression that could be done of her face. To, I'm not sure whether that's happened to put yeah. that out there. You know, sometimes people don't know their history. Do you remember? I know my first name was Stephen, the young boy who was abducted and he escaped when he was nine years of age. He fell foul of someone called Parnell, who was abducting young boys. And he couldn't remember anything about his childhood other than the fact he was called Stephen. So we don't know whether Relisha, she could still be alive, but the chances of her being alive, I think to me, are, are probably much more remote. But if law enforcement did want to pursue every avenue, there are a number of key points in terms of the timeline that they could really look at and be very rigorous and very thorough. Well, one thing that makes me think that she might still be alive is that he he did buy shovels and bleach and black garbage bags and all of that, but he didn't use them. Maybe he had planned to dispose of his wife with that or something, but the fact that he didn't use them maybe might point to that he didn't have her body to dispose of i mean i don't know is none uh, of it really makes any sense right but lisa the problem here in this case i think is that i don't think he had connections to you know uh, to not to you know international human trafficking people yeah. and unfortunately the fact that he he was homicidal and suicidal i just think that that indicates mm. that he uh, I think a triggering event could have been that he killed uh, Relisha and he knew that it was absolutely going to come back to haunt him. So yeah. he took his own life. I mean, it's terribly sad, but um, unfortunately, I think that's where we are in this case. I mean, it would be great yeah. to find out otherwise and if she could get saved, but I don't know. I think it's a very low probability. Well, I do know that her disappearance, you know, really shook D.C. And I know the mayor vowed to make all kinds of changes in child and family services. And and uh, hopefully that has been done so that there's not another militia because it's just heartbreaking. I'm going to post a lot about her life and there's lots of video out there of her. She loved uh, cheerleading and dancing. And there's a little promo she did about um, like an after-school program at the shelter. And she's just a beautiful, beautiful little girl. And my heart just hurts for uh, what she had to go through. It's just not fair. It's not right. And um, it's just, it's just really tragic. Most weight loss plans are one size fits all, not taking into account each person's individual needs. Noom takes into account dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs to build a plan that works for you. Everyone's journey is different, so your daily lessons are personalized to you and your goals. 
Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your free trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Whether you're shipping 100 packages a month or thousands, ShipStation lets you automate routine shipping tasks and easily handle returns. Manage orders, print labels, compare rates, optimize every shipment, and automate delivery notifications with ShipStation's easy-to-use dashboard. Plus, you can access industry-leading discounted rates from USPS, UPS, DHL, and Global Post, with discounts up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. Over 130,000 companies have grown their e-commerce businesses with ShipStation, and 98% of companies that stick with ShipStation for a year become customers for life. Optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Use promo code WONDERY today at ShipStation.com to sign up for your free 60-day trial. That's ShipStation.com promo code WONDERY. So yes, Relisha still missing, but there was also his wife that he killed, Andrea Kelly Tatum. And of course, there wasn't really much coverage about her in terms of the, the docu-series, but he killed her and we don't know what the trigger was before. Maybe she remonstrated with him about Relisha. We don't know, but we've got to remember that she was also a victim at his hands. And Andrea had a daughter named Alexis Kelly, and Tatum had been part of their family since she was a very young child, and she thought that he worshipped her mother, um, but clearly that wasn't the case. Clearly, he fooled a lot of people. Well, his record in the past was for burglary, home invasion, and statutory rape. Oh, my so- God. Why was he allowed to work in this shelter? That should have completely disqualified from being around young children, shouldn't it? It should have disqualified him from working for the government at all, period. Being a triple loser, burglary and home invasion. Home invasion is usually with a weapon. It's a violent crime. And then statutory rape. Give me a break. Yeah, background checks. Obviously, he was missed. But that, again, just talks to how manipulative he he was, but also people doing the basics well, ensuring that the basics are done. Do the background checks. Make sure you understand who is present in vulnerable shelters where there are vulnerable people, vulnerable families, vulnerable children. So, again, it, it's just a horror story of a case, isn't it? That Thank goodness, uh, in, in many senses, that people are talking about it because of the documentary. But really sad. And one other issue was that in this case, there was never a national Amber Alert. I think there was a local one, but they didn't put it out nationally. So there were certain requirements to put out a national Amber Alert. And sometimes they don't have enough information to to fill that out. But I just think if you have a picture, a recent picture of the victim, then even if you don't have a lot of information about the offender or how they might be traveling, I still think it's worthwhile to put out the Amber Alert. And one of the highlights of this series was when Elon Wilson, the son of 
one of our heroines, actually was released from prison because it was proven that the police officer had actually lied. The body cam and and car footage uh, from the policeman who stopped Elon originally clearly shows that he did not actually commit the violation that the police officer supposedly pulled him over for. And then the police officer also admitted that he made pretext stops. I know that we talked about this before, but this was not a legitimate pretext stop. He had no reason to stop. Police officers cannot stop somebody unless they have a reasonable suspicion that a crime or a violation has been committed. And they cannot just stop somebody because they want to and make up something. So that's what he did. And because of that, the case was ultimately thrown out and Elon was brought home and he was able to be reunited with his son. And that was one of the most uplifting moments of this series. There was a lot of down moments in this series, but there were a couple of great ones where Monique Smith was reunited with her sister. And that was another uplifting moment. And I'm so glad that in a series as dark as this, with as many horrible crimes and and people's and families having to suffer through these things, that there were also uplifting moments. And just thank you so much to the amazing women who created Black and Missing in their spare time. They've done some amazing stuff. Derricka Wilson and Natalie Wilson. We want to thank you and Derek Butler for the amazing work that you do and for bringing this to light so that we can help share it with our listeners. And hopefully they will all get up in arms when they hear about cases like this and get the media and law enforcement attention right from the start so that we can stop this kind of stuff from happening. Yes, and being advocates, it's not an easy job. And I will say that it really isn't being a critical friend. And you have to be brave and courageous doing what they're doing. So thank goodness they're in this world. And you can go on the Black and Missing Foundation Twitter, which is at BAM underscore FI, or their Instagram at Black and Missing Foundation, although the foundation is FDN. And I would ask our listeners to have a look and to retweet and repost the people who are missing. I'm trying to do it every day, but I have to say there are just so many cases. It's just unbelievable. There are so many cases that they're putting out there and just that one retweet or that one share can make a huge difference. If we all do that, it makes a a big difference to the families to see that their loved ones are being thought about. So please do do that. And uh, let's help the Black and Missing Foundation get some good, positive results. And I just want to say thank you so much to our friend Soledad O'Brien for putting this project together and getting it out to the world through HBO Max, because this was really, really eye-opening for all of us. And Laura and I have worked in this field for decades, but it was still eye-opening. We learned a lot, and we hope that everybody who listens to us will watch that series and talk about it. Tell your friends. Absolutely. So thank you, everybody, for listening to us on Real Crime Profile. Let us know what you think. Interact with us on Facebook, our Facebook page, and also our Twitter and our Instagram. And for now, this is Real Crime Profile signing out.
If you like deeper analysis like this episode on topics like making a murderer, mind hunter, escape at Danamora, the case of Sally Challen, the teacher's pet, Lynette Dawson, the exonerated five in When They See Us, and the disappearance of Madeline McCann, you can listen to RCP on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or whatever platform you listen to us on. And please be sure, if you like what we do, to give us a five-star review. Thank you for listening to Real Crime Profile. Real Crime Profile is produced and edited by Paul Francis Sullivan. Sound engineering by Mike Thal. Music is composed by Simba Tsumba. Logo art by Jim Clementi. Real Crime Profile is produced by XG Productions and distributed by Wondery. For advice and support if you're experiencing stalking in the UK, you can contact Paladin National Stalking Advocacy Service on 0203 866 4107 or you can go to the website where there's a lot of information and advice that you can follow on www.paladinservice.co.uk If you're experiencing domestic abuse, you can call the National Domestic Violence Helpline for free on 0800-2000-247. In the US, if you're experiencing domestic abuse and need advice, shelter or counselling, you can call Genesis, the 24-hour hotline, on 214-946-4357. You can also go to their website for further advice or support, www.genesisshelter.org. And there's the Domestic Violence Hotline on 800-799-7233. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to Real Crime Profile ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com survey. The wait is over. So far, you're not losing. The only thing you're losing is my patience. Quickly, I see that. Ping! The queen of the courtroom is back. I didn't do anything. You wouldn't know the truth if it came up and slapped you in the face. I see he's not intimidated by anything. I can fix that. New cases. She wanted to fight me. Leave her alone. Okay, so, um... Not, this is not a so. This is a period. Classic Judy. Did you sleep with her? Yes, Your Honor. You married his cousin. His brother. That's not him. Yes, ma'am. I would make a beeline for the door. The Emmy Award-winning series returns. How did I know that? I have crystal ball in my head. It's an all-new season. It's streaming. You can say anything. <laughs> Judy Justice. Only on Freebie.